This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 356, Disney Plus's Soul and HBO Max's Wonder Woman 1984. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. And for this episode, which would have been possibly two road trip episodes, uh, instead it's just one episode and it's me, Evan, and Steve. The three of us are here uh, to talk about a new release movie, which is not necessarily a a common thing. So welcome, Steve, to the what would have been a road trip episode. I know, I feel like it... This is like the first time I've ever been on something that would have been a road trip episode. Yeah, next time we'll try and get you on an actual road trip episode if we can get the technology be, to work and timing. That would be cool. Welcome, yeah, Steve. Okay. Feel feel like you're in the car. Feel the, feel the warmth of the heated seats. I can feel the wind blowing through my scalp. The crampness of your legs because we made you sit in the back seat. Yeah, because... <laughs> I mean, you have to earn that front seat. I'm driving. I don't have to earn anything because I'm driving. But Evan has, he's paid his dues, man. He deserves oh, that. Yeah. He I deserves that imagine. seat. So holding that microphone, pa- passing it back and forth, sometimes passing it way back. Yeah. Getting way laughed at by passersby on the road. I don't know. Our our new way of possible road tripping um, might get us laughed at a little bit more. <laughs> no, it'll be less noticeable. I don't except know. For the rebel a, pilot helmet that I'll be wearing. It's a giant uh, windscreen that's on that microphone, but I've got these over the ear face mics that are uh, they're on little mini transmitters with a little mini uh, receiver. I don't know if it's going to work, but we're going <laughs> to give gonna it a shot. It. <laughs> gonna give it a shot. Uh, whenever we next do a road trip. You know, I actually considered going to see a movie tonight, uh, then found out that our theaters were not carrying this movie. What is it? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Something about <laughs> Shadow on the Clouds or something like that. Oh, okay. It's uh, <laughs> it's about gremlins on World War II bombers. Nice. Ah, yeah. Bugs Bunny? Bugs Bunny show? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's awesome. No, uh, but the nearest theater is 134 miles away. So wow. it's okay. It was strange because it was showing up on the Fandango app as if it was going to be in our area, but then it just didn't show up on any listings. So 
not seeing it. And it's one of those early release things where I could rent it for 20 bucks or buy it for 25. <laughs> but I ain't doing that, man. Yikes. Not even to see William Shatner yelling out the window. Yeah. No, or, or John Lithgow. I mean, I mean, that's right. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't do that for either of them to, no. uh, yeah. It, so th- that's kind of going to be the opening of our, of our episode here is talking about this new normal, I guess, of movie releases. Uh, but we can kind of actually structure this a little bit like the, the road trip where we start out talking about expectations and, uh, how we're going to go see this movie. And then. We'll do a spoiler-free kind of judgment call on both of these movies, and then we'll play a spoiler organ, and we'll be talking about both Soul and Wonder Woman 1984 with with spoilers. So just to kind of give you a, a heads up on that, but there will be a, a spoiler organ that we'll play as we dive into reasons why we like or did not like these movies that are specific to spoiler plot elements. Or liked one and didn't like the other. Correct. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about not expectations, but about the viewing experience because Soul did not go to theaters, but was released on Disney Plus and it was kind of a hey. It was released solely on Disney nice, Plus. Nice. <laughs> 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 and it uh <laughs> It, what date was it? It was was it before Christmas? Christmas? It was Christmas. Okay, Christmas and, day. Yeah. And then Wonder Woman was also Christmas. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So two Christmas gifts in some ways. Both of these are subscription services, but you're not paying extra for either of them. Uh, one big difference is that Wonder Woman 1984 will only be available on HBO Max for a month, and then I'm not sure what's happening with it after that. If it'll go to some sort of uh, uh, rental kind of situation where you spend 15 or $20 to rent or if it will move to just being nowhere and until home release kind of timing. And so I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on with that. The other big difference is that Wonder Woman did get released in theaters on the same day. Mm-hmm. So all three of us, I believe, signed up for HBO Max in order to watch Wonder Woman 1984. Am I correct? Yes. And it's Just been today. a wonderful experience having <laughs> HBO Max. I've really enjoyed the content on there. There now, is there is some good content. And there's going to be more new good content, too. Yeah. Well, I'm, I think I'm going to use up all the good content that I want to watch within my month of subscription. But I'm going to get it again once uh, the Snyder Cut and whatnot come out. Yeah, there's, oh, there's that's right. That's going to be that's going to be HBO only, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's March. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I know. I'm going to cancel and then resubscribe in March, and then <laughs> cancel and then resubscribe for Dune and so on and so and forth. Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little bit. Crazy, although the legendary movies, so I believe Dune is one of them, and Godzilla definitely is one of them. These legendary movies, uh, Legendary is not happy about what Warner Brothers has decided with this. Right. Uh, they are, I think, planning to sue if they haven't already. Uh, I know that some of the directors are not happy. Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman 1984, said that uh, Wonder Woman 3 was fast-tracked, but she's only interested in doing it if it's going to be a theatrical release which apparently they have said that it would be. Nice. So, hmm. 
she's, I mean, let's, let's be honest, you know, if you're getting a percentage of the gross and the gross for this superhero movie is $20 million opening weekend, which I'm not sure if that's what it is, but yeah. it's around there, uh, compared to a regular release of a superhero movie on a important weekend like Christmas, um, yeah, it's, I'd want to get some cash up front if that was the case. Like some like hard, fast hundred million dollars or something, and then say you make your own money. I've made mine. Well, she did. I mean, <laughs> she actually made a big push in between these two movies. Uh, I think she got nine, maybe ten million for this second one because she had the clout to be able to say, "No, pay me like you do your your dudes," and. So they did. They paid her like they do a a male director on a superhero movie. And uh, so she got the money. The question is, did she get the release that she wanted? And is she getting the the eyeballs that she wants? And is she getting the reaction that she wants? Because I'm really curious what what kind of reaction she was looking for when, when, she, when she made this thing. So we will maybe never know because I'm not <laughs> interested enough to find out, but um, yeah. So soul was on Disney plus already. We're already on Disney plus because of Mandalorian and all, I mean, Disney plus, I have not let go of that one. Yep. I have not yeah, let we go watch that pretty regularly. Uh, CBS. I am going to cancel today because star Trek discovery had its last episode today. So Which means I need to subscribe again. <laughs> so you can watch them all? Yes. <laughs> and then I can see uh, uh, Lower Decks, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say this. Lower Decks is funny and really, really good uh, Star Trek parody. But it's set in continuity. <laughs> and so that's that's an issue for me. Problematic. Oh, oh. Remember a couple episodes ago, and by a couple episodes ago, I mean probably like six months ago, when <laughs> we were talking about stuff we had been uh, watching and reading, and I was like, I was reading that Jimmy Olsen comic, where I didn't know if it was in continuity or not, because yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. zany and weird. It is officially in continuity, because they tied it directly into action comics, so very interesting. I'm going to have to finish it. But which continuity? I mean, the current Marvel one. or... Now, I mean, everything is multiverses and multiverses full of multiverses and an omniverse full of omniverses. Not anymore, and... Steve, because if you are reading Death Metal or whatever it is, um, all of the continuities are coming together. Yeah, I didn't read that. And they're yeah. all... They all count. They all matter, yeah. I didn't read yeah. nothing. So it <laughs> sounds like they're... It almost sounds like they're taking just a a perspective of the writer gets to decide what, what matters for the character. But they want a reference. Yeah. 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 In some ways that works. Yep. Uh, For me, as someone who's not reading every book every month, it actually works really well because it doesn't matter to me that they don't reference something from a year and a half ago. I don't read any books in any months. I just haven't read anything current in so long. I, you know what I do is like when I, ha- I have my phone app on the news and then it'll have like, I don't even know what it is, comicbook.com or something. I don't even know. And it'll like pull up these stories and be like, oh, uh, 
the Submariner is doing something with the X-Men. And I'm like, oh, okay, and I'll breeze through it. And I don't, I don't even read the comics anymore, but I sort of follow along a little bit because I just read the articles or just skim them. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I don't throw away so much money on this stuff anymore. Can I make a, can I make a recommendation to listeners, but also possibly to you, Evan, if you haven't already looked into this? Endless Winter is a lot of fun. Yes, I will be reading it when it comes to DC Infinity in six months. Unless you want to borrow it now. Or I can borrow it now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a lot of fun because it's self-contained. Like cool. the whole thing. I mean, I got it because of this the Swamp Thing connection, but um, it, it just kind of crosses over into all these different titles. Flash, Superman, Teen Titans, uh, Justice League, Justice League Dark, Aquaman. But what's nice about it is it doesn't matter. You get get a feeling that there's stuff going on in Flash's life when you're reading the Flash chapter, but it's all written by one writing team. Nice. Two people scripted the whole thing. And so even though it's crossing over into these other titles, it's these it's uh, Ron Mars and Andy Lanning. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun because it's just this very simple, complete story. Um, it has repercussions for the people in the story. It, it I enjoyed it a lot. So it's a definitely. very interesting it's an interesting contrast how they're doing comics today. And I'm currently reading through nineties uh, Superman where there's five count them five titles that aren't just referencing each other. You literally have to buy them in sequence to get the story. Yeah. Like, because so, and I just read like a three month long or two month long story arc and it's, you would have no idea what is happening if you just picked up this one issue in your run of action comics, if you hadn't gotten Superman, man of steel, regular Superman adventures, of Superman, Superman, man of tomorrow yep. <laughs> to get them, to get the whole story. It's crazy. Well, this, this endless winter, that is the one probably drawback is if you are just reading the Aquaman comic books and you get to Aquaman number, I don't know, 76 or whatever it is in this, uh, you don't know what's going on. Like it's, yeah, because it's it's it is chapter seven of nine. I'm, but I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Cool. Hey, but let's talk about what we're here to talk about, which is movies. And so we watched it on our TV screens in in our houses. Is that how we watched it? Correct. Yeah. Um, and so not no, no theaters for these. Uh, what were your expectations going into? Let's start with Soul. What were your expectations going into this? I was expecting a charming little Pixar movie, kind of like uh, Inside Out, where it's from the perspective, and we get to see kind of the inner workings of the afterlife, um, or Pixar's uh, depiction of the afterlife, and, and lots of fun stuff with that. That's what I was expecting for that. Were you expecting it to stay there? Yep. Okay. Kind of and... like the advertisements hinted that it would. Well, kind of like so. I mean, Inside Out is like all in that girl's head, and Correct. and then well, it's a couple of times where you're outside, but it's still you know her that you're following around yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Steve, what were your expectations? Remember, we're spoiler free. Um, I think pretty much the same. Um, you know, when it came to Soul, I think I was expecting um a musical quality to it, and um. You know, I think also to to, to have an, an understanding of, you know, 
a little bit more of what the soul is, you know, more, I don't know, metaphorically or whatever. Um, I'm not sure if I, I didn't watch a lot of preview stuff for it. So I'm not, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I expected it to go into afterlife type stuff. I think if I had an, an understanding that it would do that, I sort of maybe would think, uh, I hope they don't because they'll probably, they'll probably mess it up, you know, and do something like, you know, Oh look, all dogs are in heaven. Oh great. That's <laughs> something. Nonsense we we could do an episode about afterlife depictions in media and we should. We could. That would be we really could. interesting actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, I didn't go into it expecting much. I knew there was musical stuff involved. I knew that jazz was involved. I wasn't expecting Tina Fey. Um, like <laughs> I, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it to be, um, so much, uh, diverse, uh, as far as like, this is taking place in a, a place with a African-American lead. And not only that, you get to see his, his community and his family and stuff like that. I wasn't expecting that. I was just expecting, yeah, inside out only, um, with just your soul. Like, so it's inside out is five pieces of your soul. And this would be all of them, I guess, rolled into one. And um, yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but my big question then is after watching it, spoiler free though, uh, one major caveat to the spoiler free would be, I think we might want to talk a little bit about the presentation of the, the afterlife and the soul for people who want a spoiler-free, um, I don't know, warning, if maybe, uh, about what's going on there. But, um, Evan, what would you think of this movie after you saw it? You want my star rating? Yeah, sure. Let's start there. Two and a half. Wow. Is that good or bad? That's out of five. Okay. So, and that's below what I think is a good movie, which is a three. So, yeah, I didn't, uh, I did not like it. And um, it did not meet my expectations. So there it is. All right. Two and a half. Not yep. great. Yep. Not great. Not the worst ever, but that's not yeah, saying probably much. Probably not going to watch it again of my own volition. If my kids end up wanting to watch it down the road, probably I'll, I'll watch it again. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, Steve. Um, probably something like a three. It wasn't, I mean, there were some parts that I really enjoyed, but there was like some parts where I was just like, why go there? You know, <laughs> is this spoiler free yet? Or, or we're just giving our, our it's spoiler still free, spoiler yeah. free. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the music. Yeah. I think they did. They hit it on that part. Um, but, and, you know, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a movie not made specifically by people who specifically would call themselves Christians. Maybe some of them do, maybe some of them don't, but it's not, you know, it's not Veggie Tales. It's not, um, uh, you know, Kirk Cameron production or something. <laughs> so, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't for a Christian audience. So I really wasn't expecting anything overly Christian about it, but, the elements that they did put in there that were supposed to be, you know, the spiritual elements and stuff sort of, you know, without going into the details right now, I think those things sort of let me down. 
Yeah, so. and, and I think we do need to try and discuss it in the spoiler-free area. Um, okay. And, and try and try and discuss some of that, um, just in case people are out there wondering but not wanting to be spoiled. <laughs> and and then when we get into spoilers, we can talk even more specifically about it. But um, you know, just to go there for myself right now. Uh, it depicts not just an afterlife, but it does be de- depict a before life. And so that's interesting. The afterlife doesn't depict a heaven or a hell. Um, I did see one review that suggested that uh, it, what it was saying was you just join the universe. and uh, But it really doesn't show what happens after you, quote unquote, walk into the light. <laughs> Because right. you know the it really kind of uses that cliche and it kind of hints at annihilationism. It does a little bit. It does yeah. hint at that, but it doesn't s- say outright. Correct. Uh, and so it's it's interesting in that sense. Um, the other interesting thing for me is that by hinting at a before life, at souls existing before birth, um, which is not a Christian uh, uh, belief by any stretch. It's not a biblical belief, um, but with that suggestion that also suggests a very pro-life perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yep. You know, it, well, so, sort of, sort of, it suggests, but then it also yeah. never suggests when this thing actually goes into a body. Correct. And so they don't actually show like at birth or in utero. Well, or, this right. is, this is created by Pete doctor who made inside out and we saw an inside out that a personality doesn't manifest until you're outside the womb. Well, that would definitely be the, the, the perspective behind it. Um, yeah. but the movie itself doesn't present Correct. anything there. So, right. And I think that in a, a lot of those it's playing it safe, uh, and just, Hey, we don't need to show it for the story. And so let's not get people unnecessarily riled up about, Right. About it. One way or the other, honestly. Um, but as far as my enjoyment and, and my rating of it, I would give it a uh, 3.5. Uh, I, I don't think I'll go as far as, far as a 4. Um, it's just a – it's not a super exciting movie, but I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed a lot of the things I had to say about um, living life, and I enjoyed a lot of the things I had to say about uh, art – and, and finding the things you're interested in. Um, but then there's questions of meaning of life that doesn't exa- exactly answer biblically. But Yeah, another reason why I didn't like it. <laughs> no, I, and I, this is a, I know that they... I was going to say, parsing it out, like a lot of fiction that's not created by believers, and even some fiction that is created by believers, you kind of look at it and say, okay, what is this world... And what are the rules of this world, this fantasy world? Um, and when you see where it is and what it's doing, you have to decide, okay, can I go along with that or not? Uh, as far as a fantasy or a fairy tale or whatever it might be. Um, and then, okay, so if I can go along with it or not, what do I like the ride that I'm going along with? And right. and so in this case, watching it, like it, it wasn't kicking my beliefs down uh, but it wasn't lifting my beliefs up for sure you know and so uh, but the world that it created was a world that was about creativity and about being lost in creativity and the flow like that's something that i i'm sure that you guys as as 
creative types have experienced that that moment of flow where you lose yourself completely and lose track of time and Mm -hmm. so you know that's that's when you move from work to play that's one way i've heard it described uh where you're you're writing and then you look up and realize oh i was supposed to eat lunch (laughs) and and (laughs) And i didn't and now it's dinner time you know and (laughs) and that's a, a beautiful place to be as a creator and or uh you know whatever it might be for you art music uh whatever it might be poetry uh it is a wonderful place to find yourself in and in, in some senses i feel like that's one of those things where i feel closest to god in some ways because as we say in our opening for strangers and aliens we we serve a creative god you know the first thing he did was create and um I feel like that's one of the ways that we are in his image is that we are allowed to create outside of our instinct and outside of our flesh and outside of our organic mechanics. Um, we're able to, I think that's part of one of the things that actually gives us soul in some ways is we are able to create something that's not necessary for survival, unlike the rest of the animals in, in, in our world. All right. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation we could have, but. meanwhile we'll we'll talk about some other things that in regard to soul i'm sure with with the spoiler uh review but any other things you guys want to bring up there that i might have touched on that you'd want to touch on a little bit more or something i've missed well i heard that they um i won't go into it without the spoiler thing but i heard that they had a couple of different endings that they were thinking about and trying out with the different audiences and stuff. And the one they chose is not the one I would have chosen. <laughs> no, but that's the Hollywood one for sure. Well, yeah, but it's not the one I would have chosen. <laughs> just one Let's more just thing about the spiritualism. It's it's pretty much uh, exclusively like New Age spiritualism that if they if they do anything specific with spiritualism that's pretty much what it is yeah it's there was uh one part where one of the characters was like you know talking about meditating and getting into the zone that way and i was just sort of like eh now i have to have a talk with my 12 year old about meditation you know (laughs) it's like yeah well, Whenever and, I watch these things, I, I have to think to myself, now what do I have to talk to him about after the movie is over? And we can't just geek out about it and like, oh, wasn't it a cool action scene? It's like, now, son. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that's one of the things I would say about this movie is, is this is definitely one where, uh, especially depending on how impressionable your kids are, uh, it can put some ideas in your head. I mean, we all had weird ideas when we were kids, and a lot of our weird ideas when we were kids came from these outer sources you know and and so mm-hmm. you have this idea that some people still believe that like when you die you become an angel yeah, you know right. and, and when i say some people still believe i i should specifically say some believers in christ who have yeah uh you know, follow they're, they're followers of christ they believe when you die you become an angel you know and yeah. it's that is not biblical and it is definitely not uh, well, true. I'm going to say because it's when you die, your your soul. Uh, yeah, angels are different things. Than yeah, human they beings. are. <laughs> you, you don't become something else, uh, uh, except for 
when we have that new heaven and that new earth, uh, we will also have that new flesh. And, you know, we will be like Christ was when he was resurrected. And it will, I don't know what that, what's going to look like. I, you know, the argument about, you know, Anakin showing up as a blue force ghost, what should Anakin look like? You know, <laughs> should he look like he was in his prime or should he look like he was when he died? Or I don't know what we're going to look like when we are, you know, I don't know if we're going to be young Anakin or old man Anakin uh, in heaven, but... According to uh, Pixar's Coco, if you die as a really old person, you're stuck with that really old person's skeleton forever. Which oh, I've wow. not seen that yet. Oh, I, I that's, that's very good, actually. I believe that's the one one Pixar movie I've not seen now. That, that one got me right in the feels. <laughs> and, and I'll say one of the reasons why I would give this a higher score than a three is this one got me in the feels too. And it got me in the feels with this guy who has these creative ambitions and then it, it, the, the Mr. Holland opus kind of thing. You're going to learn and figure out, oh, but his creative ambitions, I, I just really like, oh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. <laughs> and I feels you, even though it's not music for me. I feels where you're coming from. And that that was I'm me. not old enough for that yet. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm sure uh, it's coming. <laughs> honestly, I was feeling some of that when I was younger than you. So Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not about age, it's about um impact and and it's about uh feeling like I've made a difference or I, I matter. So yeah, that's something I've, I've struggled with. Honestly, I even go as far back as high school with some of that. Well, so, we'll talk about it in spoiler section. Uh, maybe. I mean, I don't know how, how much I want to get into that for me personally, but we can get into it for the movie for sure. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about wonder woman then expectations and yeah, let's start with expectations. Steve. I expected a epic, epic 80s soundtrack <laughs> i was like they're picking 1984 because of all the massive i mean just hit after hit after hit that you could stock this movie with uh one of the reasons why i i enjoyed um stranger things you know it there's there's problematic stuff in there but you know i'll listen to it and i'm like oh I listened to that song. It's like, I heard that song on the radio and didn't like it. But, you know, now it's sort of kind of a guilty pleasure. And it's like all these cool songs that you heard growing up. And now it's like they're repurposing them and using them in these you know, clever ways to illustrate the, the story with the sound. And it's the, the soundtrack of, of my life, you know, the 80s. Um, so I was I was like, I was like, OK. It's going to have that. I mean, hands down, period, nothing else that's going to have that. Um, other than that, I was expecting, um, you know, another, uh, like, epic uh, bad guy. You know, something uh, – I, I knew that there was uh, Cheetah. And that was about the only thing I really heard. But, uh, you know, usually in things like that, that's, that's the – like, the that's not the level boss. You know, so I was expecting some huge boffo level boss. Um, and um, I guess I guess that's about it uh, that I really expected. Evan, imagine that you're in the passenger side of my car and I'm 
we're on our way to the theater, and I, I just asked you, Evan, what what are you looking forward to? What are you expecting from this movie? I'm expecting a fun DC movie about Wonder Woman. That's it? Yep. Okay. What about the epic <laughs> 80s soundtrack? That would be a really no, like bad, literally, dr- uh, bad drive thing. Cause that would be I needed more last... than that, but... Well, Wonder Woman is not one of my characters in DC or, or comics in general that I'm like, oh, yeah, I follow every comic book she's in, and I've got all these opinions about Wonder Woman. I really don't. The only time I'm ever really reading Wonder Woman is when she's crossing over with Superman or the Justice League. Um, I have recently went back and read uh, some of George Perez's stuff from the 80s, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, that was pretty much all I was expecting from the first one, too. Just a fun what was movie. Your, and... What was your star rating for the first one? Uh, I got to look it up. But, um, but yeah, I I just I want to recognize the character. I want to feel like I'm seeing a comic book, like from her from the comic books. I don't want her to be wearing pants, you know, while she's Wonder Woman. <laughs> like the new 52 version where it's like, okay. It's like, I don't want to... Uh, x-men from the 2001 where it's, she's all in black leather you know i, I want to be able to recognize wonder woman and i want it to be a fun enjoyable movie and so that's pretty much it the soundtrack is literally the very last thing i would ever think about like i didn't even notice the lack of 80s songs until someone pointed out to me after the movie was over um yeah i didn't and I, either and i didn't care yeah i didn't so, either so, wow. Uh, I gave it four yeah, stars. I, I give the first one four stars. I'm looking. Hold on a second. Uh, yeah, four stars for the first one. Okay. All right. But no, I enjoyed it. Probably and see that four, four and a half. That's what colored my expectation at first. Was Wonder Woman was one of the highlights of all of the new DC movies. So I mean, if I'm looking at Justice League and Man of Steel and, um. All these DCEU movies, Wonder Woman was a highlight for me. One of the mm-hmm. best. I really enjoyed it. I remember, I believe that you and I both agreed that that she, Gal, Gal Gadot, uh, embodied Wonder Woman in the, in a way that like Christopher Reeve did with Correct. Superman. And, and just, I felt like that movie, even though I know there's some people now, I don't remember hearing it then, but now I'm hearing people talk about that first one and being like, yeah, that was, it was too long. It was goofy. It was this. It was that. The first and, one? Yeah. They're saying it now yeah. as if uh, – I don't know. I don't know why they're saying it now. But I don't remember hearing that back then. I remember hearing a lot of people agreeing with what you and I said about that just being a movie that was – it was big. It was broad. It introduced this character. First of all, it introduced Wonder Woman to the world. I mean, we'd seen her already in some movies, but it, she's coming into the world, and the world is introduced to her, you know. And so, fish out of water stuff is in there, but also epic World War One stuff. What a great choice! Well, five people are introduced to her. <laughs> well, okay, more like. <laughs> but she, the world, she, I don't know. She's in London, you know, and and experiencing ice cream for the first time, and doing the pretty yeah. woman changing into clothes <laughs> montage thing. You know, it, it's there. Um, but the the no man's land scene was great, you know, and just yeah, you know. Yeah. I, so that's I'm coming into this and being like, okay, she's Patty Jenkins. She did that first one, all right, and that's what my expectation was. I did not watch this on Christmas, and so I did not. 
I did not get spoiled. The movie was not spoiled for me, but I started seeing people doing these vague Facebook things about how it wasn't great. Right. And so then my expectations went way down and I was thinking to myself, okay, maybe this is a good thing because I might be going into a movie that's not as great as the first one, but my expectations have been dragged down. And so I had low, low expectations when I sat down to watch this movie. Now, I guess I'll start. I gave this movie two stars. Um, and I'll just say this. There's some stuff in this movie that are, is fun and funny. And there is some parts that are exciting. Um, but it was just a letdown for me. I just, there are plot holes upon plot holes. Um, I was reminded of Superman 3, which to you, Evan, great. It's mm. a good thing. I love Superman. Theory. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, and I, I actually, as I was thinking about this movie and your opinion of Superman three, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I really need to go back and, and rewatch and, and watch those movies again. Cause it's been easily over 15 years since I've seen Superman three, maybe even two decades since I've seen it. But anyway, all that to say, uh, I felt really let down by this movie and I had a lot of problems with this movie from a technical storytelling standpoint where I'm just thinking I'm, I'm screaming in my head. I'm screaming. You are better than this. You are better than this. And that's what was so frustrating for me was you're better than this. And then I'm worrying she's directing rogue squadron. Is she better than this or not? Cause if she's, if the, which one's the fluke, you know, the amazing movie she made or this one. And, and now I'm just thinking, oh, man, what's going to happen here? So and then the fast track one woman three, I think that's actually they did that so that she could do that one before Rogue Squadron. So we might get that one first and maybe that'll be the thing that makes me have more more confidence. But yeah, yeah. that's my story. Evan, Steve, who wants to go next with your uh, spoiler free? You can go, Steve. Well, you know, I'm I'm thinking about I, I, I don't rank things like I guess the same way as you guys do. It's just usually I see something and I think to myself, eh, this is the ranking for it. And so we just did Soul and my ranking was two and a half stars or three. I forget. Maybe I it was three. I don't it, it's it, it's it's that type of a thing where I'm like, now what it was. It, it, it's it's ephemeral to me. But seeing that I ranked that at that level, I think to myself, you know, now now I have to rank this less than Soul because, you know, I even with all the problems with Soul, there were more problems with this and some some stuff that I was just like, Ugh, with this one that with Soul it was more like, eh. You know, it might not work in a Christian worldview, but at least they're, you know, using the logic of the, the movie itself. And this one, it was just sort of like, what? So, I don't know. I guess I would... Well, I would logic probably... is not a part of this movie. Yeah. I guess I would have to go with something sort of like a two for this one as well. Which is unfortunate. Because I wanted to like... I mean, I you know, I like superhero movies typically so Evan there you go all right 
Yeah, I gave it uh, three and a half stars. I loved okay. this movie. Loved it. Okay. I started watching it again before tonight, and uh, before we recorded tonight. And I, I moved it up my rankings because I like it even more than the last time I saw it. Now, what about it did you love? Uh, it was a fun DC movie about Wonder Woman, which is exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> Every time Gal Gadot is on the screen, I'm just... I'm enchanted. I love it. I, I am too until she starts acting. Nope. I'm uh, still in it. I love it. Yeah. It, man. And, I just, I, I felt horrible not liking this movie. And uh, what's her name? Chris, not Kristen Wiig. Is it Kristen Wiig? Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Wiig. Yeah. Kristen Wiig. Yeah. She's great too. And I was loving her chemistry with Gal Gadot. And also uh, Chris Pine is fantastic. Uh, and and so another thing, I don't know much at all about Max Lord. I've read him in like one comic book. Uh, I've seen him in one episode <laughs> of television. So if he, I've heard that he's not uh, much like his comic book counterpart, but I didn't know or care about that. So the one thing I know about him is that this is the guy that Wonder Woman broke his back in the comics 15 neck. years ago. Broke ne- his neck. Broke his neck. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's the one thing I his head right on around. didn't even read that. I just know that because that's the one thing yeah. you know about that character. Yeah, I grew I sort of grew up with him because I was reading Justice League International when it right. came out back in the 80s. Um, so I was like, oh, OK, this is the guy. And he's like funding JLI and all you know, the stuff. And all of a sudden later on, I mean, it was like a really slow burn on this guy. You didn't know that he was a bad guy until much later. Um so I, I I sort of liked the way his character arc went. Um, I didn't follow it to the end of it. I didn't. I stopped reading long before. Uh, I don't know how long before, but before it became a, like a really big bad guy. Um, so seeing him here, I was just sort of like, you know, well, this is a Hollywood representation of a you know of a comic book character. It's going to be different, and you know, this goes back to when the X Men were coming out with their movies and I would complain to my wife and oh how come it's no Wolverine's supposed to be five foot four and blah 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 and and she just took me aside and she's like you can either just hate every single movie that comes out or you can think about it like this think about it as if they exist in an alternate reality and this is an alternate reality telling of of you know of the X-Men and I was like well duh how come I couldn't have thought of that (laughs) And so, you know, whenever I come to these things, it's just, you know, I, I, I can't expect you know, it's Thor Ragnarok. Everyone loved Thor Ragnarok. I didn't because I liked Thor Ragnarok in the, the, the comic books. You know, I, I and that was part of my growing up every, you know, for two years I was digging into Thor Ragnarok. And here we go. You know, he's making jokes with Surtur and stuff like that. I, I was like, Ugh. but I understand yeah. why people liked it and I can like it in that box but if someone says, you know, hey, do you like this compared to Ragnarok, the, the you know, Walt Simonson epic? I'm like, I'm going to go with the Walt Simonson epic. Sorry. <laughs> you know, so when it comes to stuff like this, I don't I don't have any real skin in the game when it comes to to Wonder Woman. Um, but I was yeah. expecting I was expecting more than this. I think if they left Kristen Wiig with I mean, she's not just comic relief. She's a great actress. Yeah. 
you know, she really does very well. And this was a meaty part where it wasn't just comedy. But if they had just left the comedy to her and not had, you know, Steve Trevor dressing up in someone else's clothes and, okay, you know. Okay, don't, don't get into spoilers. Oh, that's on the have, trailer, have, but. Okay. Haven't we already done the. No, no, we have not. Nope. Well, okay. Then nope. I guess I'll just reserve reserve stuff there but anyway yeah just i mean if if they had left the comedy to her and not uh, spread it around let's say um i think it would have served the movie much much better pedro pascal is max lord and yeah. uh i just i i couldn't get past uh the mandalorian with him and so i i just, every time i saw him i'm just like oh it's the mandalorian I can't believe that's funny. No, because... I'm, I'm, I, I, that's not true at all because he, he's very different in this movie and <laughs> does not look like himself. Uh, even, you know, past the fact that in the Mandalorian, he's got a mask on 98% of the time. And yeah, I've seen him now in, in like, like four or five different things. I mean, all last year. But... <laughs> have you seen prospect yet? I have. We should do a, an episode on that, oh, but uh, you know, I really, he, yeah, that was, yeah, he, he really is more of an actor than I gave him credit for because, you know, the first time you see someone, that's who they're going to be for the rest. I mean, you know, Mark Hamill is, is always going to be Luke Skywalker, right? But then he's the Joker, you know, and, you know, he, he stretches himself out and then you can sort of say to yourself, oh, okay, I can really respect this actor now because he's, he's stretching himself out. And, uh, uh, Pedro Pascal, in just this short time that I've been watching him, um, he's really stretched himself out as an actor. So I, I really appreciated seeing him do another thing. I, I didn't didn't love the character. I kind of did actually. I, there's there's plot holes and, and leaps of logic with the character, but um, I enjoyed him. Uh, the yeah. the four primary uh, actors in this movie really did give performances that were fairly good. Honestly, unfortunately, Gal Gadot was probably the weakest link for me. Um, if you're looking at just the actors, but uh, yeah, so that's okay. Spoiler free. We've, we've done that. Um, I think now maybe we can, can jump into the, into the spoilers, but yeah, I, I was disappointed. I was disappointed, and I'm glad, Evan, that you were here because yeah. <laughs> this is not I, just I about people it. dumping on this movie. Because it's uh, it's number six on, out of nineteen for my 2020 films, and uh, Soul is number fourteen. What was number nineteen? Tenet. <laughs> wow! Just the utter <laughs> bottom. <laughs> what was number one? Uh, Hamilton, actually. Wow. Okay. So I guess we should play the spoiler organ and then we'll talk about what soul first and then, then wonder woman. Sure. Sure. All right, let's do it. Spoilers. 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 Okay. It's been played. What do you guys have to say about Soul? I really wish someone would do something like this 
and just have a gospel message in there instead of just, I mean, okay, creativity is wonderful, but who is the creator? You know, it, it never draws that parallel, I don't think. You know, it was like... There's, there's five creators and they're all named Jerry. <laughs> exactly. But it's like... They, they do make one parallel, well, not really, but it comes close, where she says she's seen him lose himself in his music. His mom says this. Um, and one of the times that she'll see him lose himself will be in church when he's playing in church. Right. Yeah. So that was nice to throw that in. Um, one thing I, I did appreciate is, you know, the, a lot of the stuff that's coming out now for, uh, Disney and, and other things, they're really trying to get into the LGBTQ stuff. And I don't think this touched on it at all, or if it did, it was just one of those things. It was sort of like something passing that, you know, you, if you don't know, you don't know, you know, that type of thing. Um, the music was fantastic. I just, I loved uh, hearing the music and I loved seeing him playing the music because a yes. lot of times you you hear, you know, Beethoven and someone is just behind a piano and their hands are going up and down. Right, right. And you and here you saw his his fingers. You saw the the way his fingers were made. They're pianist's fingers, and they well, were. Just I think like, it's I think it's like the next step from Coco, where they had him really play all of the songs on the guitar, and you mm-hmm. they you know they spent whole shots just on close-ups of his fingers on the guitar, yeah. and I, I think it's even more complex here with the piano. Crazy. I think it, it, I'm wondering how much motion capture was going into this. Could like, be. Was yeah, yeah motion, I was wondering. I was wondering that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. reminded me a lot like uh, the Anna music videos from like twenty years ago. Yeah, where it was. <laughs> I mean, the, those were fantastic. It wasn't humans. It was mostly you know machinery or like fake instruments doing all this stuff. Um, it, it, I'm sure they're still on YouTube or something. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look at them. But it's just fantastic music in a fantastic visual setting. And uh, but this was fantastic music with a human being doing it, and I mean a cartoon human doing the actual stuff, and uh, that that really impressed me. Um, souls and the you know going into animals, I thought was ridiculous. It just, just went way off the rails there. Yeah, I mean as, it, as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, this isn't the movie I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing about that. Like, it wasn't played entirely, like, just for slapstick. Like, this right. was this was done, and it, you know, this is me now, you know, analyzing or whatever. But this was done so he could be outside of his body and witness his life mm-hmm. from the outside. Yeah. And, and that's something we all need to do, is try and witness our, our life from outside and put ourselves in other people's shoes. Um, I loved... So, yeah, Evan, I had kind of the same feeling when that happened. I'm just like, oh, no, <laughs> where is this going? And and then it turns into a moment where he realizes he never asked his barber one single question in all these years about his barber's life. Yeah. But his barber had. And his barber not only had asked him, it wasn't just small talk. His barber remembered mm-hmm. the stuff they talked about. and. Yeah. And so that was just for me a real moving moment in in the movie where it's like wow, and 
so I want to see character change, you know, and that's what Pixar is great with that. And, and this was a moment where it just, wow, that really worked well, really worked well. Another moment that really worked well was when he's talking to his mom and he's actually feeding, uh, the lines to Tina Fey, who's in his body. (laughs) And, and then they kind of shift the camera slowly and it moves over to where you're actually hearing him say the words coming from his body, you know, and she's still doing that, you know, translating the (laughs) cat meows. Um, but it's just another one of those moments where it's like, this is a really nice character moment between these two people who have very different, um, desires and, Uh and the drama there was good. It wasn't overplayed. And then to see his mom kind of come along with him, you know, it, it just, the character moments, this is what makes or breaks this movie for me was the character stuff because the other stuff got, you know, him in a body of a cat, that's silly. But they made it work because of the character stuff. And and that's why I really enjoyed it. See, I understand why they did it. And I think it worked well for what they were doing there. But it's still, it's still you know, problematic to see, a, you know, a human soul inside of an animal. It's just, it's... I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've seen that a lot in... Yeah in movies and stuff. It it doesn't really bother me. Again, it's me stepping into, first of all, I'd almost have more problems. And I did actually have more problems with a human soul being put into another human's body, uh, against their will or without their. And so here you have, it's the setup is, you know, the unborn human soul goes into the used body of a human. (laughs) And then, you know, the other one goes into this extra body over next door with the cat. Um, that, that works for me. I don't have an issue with with that because none none of that bothered me. What bothered me was false advertising. <laughs> like you've left three quarters of the movie is about one thing that you've never advertised once in any of your commercials. What did they advertise though? They advertised just him being in the afterlife and some comedy going on with him and twenty two in the afterlife and. And then it's vaguely about him being a musician in his—he was a musician in his uh, his physical life. And so it's another war for the planet of the apes situation. <laughs> Bait and switch. Where yeah, we're oh. literally the giant cardboard cutout thing in the movie theater lobby is the apes assembled for war, which is a scene that never happens in the movie. Rogue One. And all your advertisements is about one thing, and then you get into the movie, and three quarters of it is nothing like what was advertised. And so, I'm out. Like Like Rogue One, when she's on that, when she's on the little transom or whatever, and then the TIE fighter comes up, and you're like, how was she going to get away from a TIE fighter right in front of her? (laughs) And then it's just not in the movie. (laughs) It's Uh, like so many things. I, I really, because I was delighted by what they gave me, I have no issue with that at all. I mean, I did, first of all, I didn't know what to expect going in. Um, I knew it had to do with souls, you know, and I'm not, I'm not sure if I watched the whole trailer or not. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised by the things, the the rich depths that it was going to with what's going on with him realizing stuff about life and, and all those different things, all those different pieces. Um, yeah, I, I just... 
was pleasantly surprised and, and really enjoyed it. Now I'm giving it a three five, which is not high for a Pixar movie, you know, right. because you know, Pixar has some of the best anime movies of all time. I don't call this one of the best animated movies of all time, but I definitely, if I'm doing just thumbs up or thumbs down, this is definitely a thumbs up. Well, and here's what, here's what I was expecting and wanting based on the advertisements. I was wanting a G rated version of the good place. Have you guys seen that show where I know it's about a, it, but I haven't seen it. No, I haven't yeah. And it. it, it's a comedy about the afterlife. Uh, Oh, I can't remember. Just like lost. No, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's a set, it, it's, it's, it's a very funny show. It's very, uh, you know, it's a very wonky view of the afterlife, but it's a sad day when the good place is more theologically accurate than a Pixar movie <laughs> for, the, for children. And I, yeah, and I just did not enjoy my viewing experience of this. I did not enjoy the movie of uh, character moments. Great, great. But it's not what was advertised this movie was going to be like. So it would have been great if those character moments were in the movie that was pitched to me. Um, yeah. All right. Well, do we want to move to Wonder Woman then? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Because this was not the movie that was pitched to me. Uh, the movie that was pitched to me was a movie that was going to be about the 80s and it was going to be from the director of the first one and it was going to be a big action superhero movie with uh, Steve Trevor coming back to life and all that stuff. And instead we got a movie that felt like it was made in the eighties. It really did. (laughs) That's what they were going for. Well then great. Uh... They did it. But you know what? Here's the thing. The movies that were made in the 80s were made that way because they were made in the 80s. And they're made by people yeah. who were making movies in the 80s. This was someone who was basically trying to do a, a, a parody, but but not but without the funny of the 80s. Yeah, it has See, to but, be but like But every, everything you just described is what I saw in the movie. Yeah, well, I didn't, though. I, okay. I, here's the thing. It just didn't work for me. It just didn't work for me. And the there were some character moments that worked for me. The dad stuff with Pedro Pascal worked for me, except there was no logic behind what was going on. Yeah. Like, how in the world did he find his kid so quickly at the end? You know? And how could yeah, anyone... Yeah, that was... How could, how could... I mean, Dolos is the big bad guy. You never see him on screen. And he's imbued this object that can literally grant any wish, anything. I mean, to, to bring someone back who's long dead. You could, I mean, any. But, where does where does I mean, any anything that has that type of power is it's just it's it's so outrageously, ridiculously overpowered. It's just like it, <laughs> I don't have a problem no. with that. Like that's yeah. that's just uh, that's just the monkey's paw, you know. Like that's all these different, you know. That's that's Aladdin, you know. I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with just the logic of how the, the wishes work, and and it just it's messy. It's messy, yeah. and it was lazy, and it and you never get to see the or, bad guy. Well, no, we did see the bad guy. What you're describing has 
that that character who embowed and do the the stone with power or whatever that has nothing to do with anything other than it sets up where the power comes from plus like in the first movie all the gods are dead because Ares killed them all so like all the gods are dead then where does the power come from he imbued it and it's stuck in there and now it's just in there yeah it's it's, it's it's a battery sloppy it's a battery I, i have no problem with that i have Lots of other sloppy problems, of, but I have lots of no prizes. Yeah, you, you know, have fun with that. I, I have a feeling, Evan, that there's actually a half hour to forty five minutes of this movie that has been cut out, or mm-hmm. that it has to do with having three writers and they How weren't really she working together. Lightning bolts. She I don't know. That was kind of cool. Why would she need to yeah. though? She can fly. <laughs> can she though? Can she fly? She did. Were... That's unclear. No, it's not. They show her she, flying. It, it was more like she was gliding on the air currents. She's What's, falling with style. Yeah, it just. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been nice if she flew because she flies in the comics. But if she can fly, why does she need an invisible jet? <laughs> so. Hey, yeah, let's talk about the invisible jet. I like that part. Did you? Did yes, you? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, because at the Smithsonian, when you have a jet on display, they're going to keep it fueled up and ready to go. Yeah. And right oil near the and everything. Apparently, actually, they do. And Steve Trevor flew a plane in World War One, so that means he knows World how to fly a jet. <laughs> well, <laughs> for for that, I mean, I have to sort of give him a little bit of props because, I mean, he knows flight. He knows he logically can figure out even, you know, the where the switches would be. Eight, you know, six, 60 years after. So he can go from a prop lost. plane to a jet-powered jet. And Maybe. he knows how it runs. He knows how to get those engines warmed up. He knows how to... He, he, can, he can take those dozens and dozens and dozens of buttons and translate <laughs> them to what it would be on his prop plane, yes, which is ben. like driving yes, a, stick, a stick shift yep. car. I mean, I personally don't know that, and so I just said, "Yeah, sure," because no. obviously he knows what he's doing. No. Yeah. Chris hey, Pine if- is a serious actor. I don't think he would have done this scene if he didn't research and see if it was even possible. I you know? am one hundred percent. Don't know anything <laughs> about jets. Then neither do the characters need to know anything about jets. Mm, mm. Yeah, it, it just. There's too many things like that. There's too many things where characters just show up where they need to be because that's where the plot needs them to be instead of that's where they actually would go. Like these, yeah. the Barbara showing up at the White House. How'd she yeah, know? Well, well, how couldn't she know? Well, exactly. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, she could follow what's his name, Maxwell Lord. Did she? She's obsessed with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. I just, this is, there's no lazy writing. Uh, there's just, it's unforgivable to me. It was unforgivable to me. Okay. Yeah. However, like Batman and Robin, if you decide to watch this as an 80s action movie, or if you're watching Batman and Robin and trying to say, oh, they're just trying to make a big screen Adam West Batman, it's mm. a little bit better. Because guess what happens in in eighties superhero movies and action movies in the eighties? Characters just show up where they need to be for the plot. That's right. That's right. The good guys they know sh- exactly where to go to fight the bad they guys still at the do end. Nowadays, 
I mean, these. I mean, Patty Jenkins said that she was taking lots of references from Big for this, um, and so she's she's trying to make an '80s movie. Yeah, well, <laughs> she is making that excuse because in Big, this is the whole like they took over a man's body and life. Right. And then used his body in ways that in today's current parlance really is about consent. That's what everyone's talking about. Um, Big is her excuse for why it was okay. That's what she, uh, now she may have said other things about big, but someone tweeted something about big and the whole, you know, body takeover thing. And she said exactly, or something like that. That's what I was going for. Guess what? In big, that doesn't happen. In big, the little kid wishes to be big, and then he wakes up and he's big, but it's him. It's not another person. Yeah, but he's still 10. Yeah, no. Okay. It's two different situations, though. You have a 10-year-old mentally spending the night physically with an adult woman. Yeah, that's a problem. Different problem. No, same problem. According to the law, consent does not matter if you are below 18 years old. If you're below 18 years old, it's as if you didn't give consent. Okay. That's in the eyes of the law. Different problem, though, because we're talking about someone else who is in another person's body. And both of them are over 18. It's the same problem. It is not even close to the same problem. How are you saying that? It's the same it's the same moral conundrum for the woman who is doing stuff with this person. It is not. It is not <laughs> it because is. the woman in Big didn't know. The woman in Big had no idea what was going on and just thought this was a childish adult. And the woman in Wonder Woman is looking at a person who looks like Steve Trevor unless he looks in the mirror and then they can see that other face and is in this other man's apartment. But here's the problem. All these things we're talking about, a lot of them come down to it's for the joke. Yeah. It's for the joke. How can we get Steve Trevor in an apartment that already has clothes in it? So he can do the pretty woman montage. I know. (laughs) What if he just jumps into someone's body, quantum leap style, you know? Um, It just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And the the logic behind the Dreamstone thing and how it you get your wish but it takes away something else and it it doesn't work <laughs> they don't do why a good job why doesn't it work it. because it doesn't make sense okay why what if, what if two people wish for two different things i mean like i i wish my cat is blue no i wish my cat is red and we say it at the same time does the cat turn purple or does it catch her in half blue, half red? I mean, good, good question. They're so, talking about the monkey's paw. And the monkey's paw is you get your wish, but there's a horrible price you pay that yeah. goes along with that wish. So right. she wishes for Steve Trevor and she gets him. And then somehow she's losing her powers. Because yeah. that's the most important thing and to her. And this is the most important thing to her. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll take that. It, but well, is, is that what she's losing? Or is. We don't is, know. Uh, she's losing her powers. Is, yeah, or is it because of uh, Miranda's wish? Miranda? Because, or whoever it is, I can't remember her name, Minerva. That's oh, it. Barbara, yeah. Um, yes, who 
who wished to be like Wonder Woman and is the the power coming from Wonder Woman and being transferred to her because no, no because yeah, she well, wanted to be like be. her she didn't want to take her powers she wanted she wanted she's to be... losing her strength and Barbara is getting is getting strength slowly but surely it's both happening at the same time. Well, right. It's just a coincidence because her, uh, Diana's strength is her m- most desired thing that she wants to keep, and it's what Minerva wants the most. It just happens to. And when know, does Diana's in, strength in come one, back? The other one. Diana's strength comes back when she lets. Oh yeah, Steve when go. she renounces. Yeah, the when thing, she yeah. renounces it. It's just it, it's messy. It's sloppy. It's. I'm sure these things that we're talking about actually could be, fine. And I wouldn't have issue with them if it had just been done better. And there was it just... there was a part in there when I thought to myself, and they even mentioned it, and and Wonder Woman didn't even blanch at it, and I was like, Pandora's box. Yeah. What's the last thing that comes out of Pandora's box? I don't know. Hope. But oh yeah, but it's not. It's in in the in the story. It's not the the type of hope where it's like oh all these bad things came out. But hey guys, still hope. It's more like all these bad things came out. The gods are you know are, are you know supplying all these bad things. But <laughs> go ahead and hope. And hope is one of those bad things that are coming out of Pandora's box. So you could have had Pandora the you know, the the basically the automaton Pandora, um, you know, this robotic super character as like the big foil for her. And it could have been something where she's not an actual god or goddess. So it could have come out of, you know, uh, Hephaestus or Vulcan or whoever uh, made her. And she's just been sitting, lying in wait. And she has this, you know, the dream stone. And that's going to be the thing that's going to, to you know destroy humanity in a real way and all the you know people's hopes and their dreams and all this stuff and it's pandora's box coming to life and now she's come to life she comes back out from wherever she is maybe she's you know uh, uh made herself up to look you know he, i mean she she did look she looked like a wonderful beautiful human you know in the in so you know here she is and all of a sudden haha and it's it's pandora versus versus Wonder Woman and it, that would have been epic and yeah, I, it just I turns out to be we we got we got Wonder Woman versus a god in the last movie though I I wanted to see Wonder Woman versus Cheetah and we needed to get Cheetah powered up to be able to be a formidable foe with Wonder Woman mm-hmm. I just the whole ending of this thing should have been the kind of thing that I totally rode along with it was just like this is the thing this is the thing I love because it's not just a beat em up it's 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 a character thing, you know, you, renounce your wish, Pedro. Renounce your wish, Mando. Renounce your wish. You know, and, and <laughs> I I I love that. I love the kind of final conflict where it changes and it's not about punching, but it's about um come let us reason together. You know, that kind of thing. Uh but the the whole fight with 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 Cheetah was just a letdown. And uh, Cheetah herself was a letdown. I really, it's it's really interesting because they built her up pretty good, uh, and then at the end, it's it just falls apart. She needed to be 
the big bad. She needed to be part of that final conflict. And instead, it was a pretty lackluster battle. They're swinging around. When she was tearing apart the armor, that was... I thought that they were really getting to her bestiality and all that stuff with, with, you know, and, and all of a sudden now it's going to be the good, you know, this, this is going to be a knockdown drag them out, huge fight. Um, but just having it end with, you know, water, it's you hold anybody underwater and you win the fight. You know, I mean, it's I sort of like, I yeah, wish, hey, water. I wish Evan, I wish that I'd seen the same movie as you. I really, really do, because what you wanted and what you got is what I was hoping for and did not get. I just couldn't let it go. I couldn't let all these leaps in logic, plot holes. I, I just couldn't let them go. I, I just yeah. couldn't, and it just, it just ruined the movie for me, um, to the point where I, I didn't like the movie at all. The first, and, I'll I'll throw this out though. The first ten minutes in Themyscira, I loved it. I loved that whole sequence. It got me excited. I'm like, why is there? Why are they letting this little girl do this? Okay, well, she's actually getting along. And and when she fell off her horse, I'm like, oh no. I mean, I was getting into yeah. it. And and then the the moral of her story: don't cheat, no shortcuts. And kind of was the moral of the story of this. The rest of the yeah. movie, um, it is. Eh. No one ever is became a hero based on lies. Booster Gold. I mean, um... <laughs> everyone renounced their wish in the whole world, except for the people who died because of other people's wishes. <laughs> what but did they come that? back? I don't know. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's messy, messy, messy. And, I was waiting. I was, mean, wait- okay, I was waiting okay, for someone it- to say, "I wish this never happened," like the kid. Yeah, like the little I boy. That, mm. Imagine if he had been brought into it somehow, and he was able to say, "I wish this never happened, Dad." Well, and, he already got his, a wish. He already got you know. He yeah. wished it for his dad to be great. But if then Barbara can get what, two wishes. But then, what did he give up? You know, Barbara what was, wished on the rock, and then she wished on Maxwell Lord. It would have been still interesting because Maxwell Lord was the rock. Like he wished he to be the rock. So it would have been interesting. Yeah. It would have been interesting if the little boy didn't make that first wish. And then at the end, he says, I wish everything were back the way it was before. And all of a sudden, and everyone's like, what? What's going on? And then, you know, it's like he has to give something up. So there's there's no way that it could have all gone away because there's still something that's missing. And then there could be you know, like an element moving into the, the third movie or, you know, something else. It could have, it could have had some extra little play in it and it didn't even have that. And another thing playing on the whole soul connection with Steve Trevor coming back to life, he says, you know, he was somewhere, he can't explain it, but it was good. And I'm like, if, if someone took me out of heaven, (laughs) it would be like, it sounds like it was probably more of a he was taken out of purgatory or he was taken out of heaven that's not like our heaven no in our world it was heaven like hey this is nice i get to be an angel and play a harp yeah jack kirby is god that type of thing (laughs) oh speaking of which 
I watched this behind the scene or this Easter egg thing on Soul, and apparently one of 22's mentors was Jack Kirby. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How yeah. weird is that? But cool. <laughs> I know. Kind of cool. I did like the uh, the design of the. Uh, I'm not going to just futz around about it. The angels, um, those characters. I like the way that they were uh, anthropomorphic lines. Yeah, yeah that, was that was cool. You know, cool. I, I, it was it was kind of neat. Um, yeah. So, my my final word on on Wonder Woman that I told someone was, you know what? It's go ahead and watch it, but don't rush. It's yeah, it's watchable. It's, um, in the, in the same way that Superman four is watchable. It's a comic book movie. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I don't even think you can say that this is as bad as Superman four. I didn't say it was as bad as Superman four. I said it's watchable like Superman four. The quest for pizza. Um, an interesting the only twist. part of Superman four that's watchable for me is when Superman and Clark can't go on the double date. What a fantastic scene. I don't know. I know. They actually the end, did a really good job with that. Yes. The end credits were really good. Um, <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 and uh, Gal Gadot was born in 1985. So she wouldn't have been alive <laughs> during this uh, this event, which is kind of funny. Also interesting. They could have so easily. I mean, they chose 1984 and maybe they didn't choose it because there's there's so many cultural touchstones yeah. with that year George Orwell yeah but um nothing there was nothing but they it's could like have just threw it away they really really it's could like have and they kind of did 2001 they, and not referencing anything about 2001 a space odyssey it just they kind of did in in, in the sense that uh, cuz big brother would watch you through your TVs right mm Sort and of. and so this was he wasn't watching everyone through their TVs, but everyone's watching him through their TVs. Um, and boy, good thing they had those uh, flip charts about the Star Wars program. Yeah, <laughs> in the right Oval there. Office, right there at that moment, that exact mo- moment in time for him. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of problematic things there. the The problem was I wasn't going into it expecting. Uh, an eighties movie. I was expecting a continuation of what the sophisticated storytelling that we had gotten from Patty Jenkins previously. And yeah, yeah. you know, did I completely feel like it was a waste of time? I did not. No, not completely. I enjoyed Pedro Pascal. I enjoyed his storyline. I enjoyed Kristen Wiig. I enjoyed her storyline to a point. And then it just really was like, Oh, everything they're trying to say with this character. Suddenly they're not saying it anymore. Um, but, and Chris Pine, man, how are they going to bring him back for the third one? It's going to have to be a flashback, but she knew him for like, they can't do a flashback because she knew him for like two weeks. Like the flashback is going to have to be like, well, on this Thursday morning, (laughs) something happened. And we we saw every moment they had together. Yeah. He's a robot. He's a robot. Uh, they can do something. Man, the other thing is, you know, there's there's a thing called um, emotional awareness where you, at some point you have to realize this is not a healthy emotional place that I'm in. And I would have thought that maybe after 20 years, maybe 25, Gal Gadot would have realized I'm not in a good emotional spot and, and I need to get this no, taken they, care they of. Could, they couldn't do that because she's still in that spot in Justice League and that's where she confronts it with Batman. But she... 
she confronted it here in 1984. Yeah, but she doesn't get over. She doesn't really get over it, though. Yeah. I mean, we're talking a century of her not being able to get over this guy that she was with for two weeks. It probably doesn't help that she keeps a bunch of pictures of him in her house. No, this, this is what I'm saying. Like, there's, it's emotional awareness. Like, she needs to realize, okay, it's it's not it's not bad to have a picture of him. It is bad to have a shrine of him. Um, it, it would have been it would have been also nice to see how she maintains her her uh, identity through all those years. Oh, because man, Steve, I was so like, again, plot holes. Yeah. She broke the cameras. Those are not digital cameras that store the information in the camera. She was on camera yeah. for minutes before she broke the cameras. Right. And yeah. that whole sequence at the beginning, and maybe that's what threw me off, Evan, is the Superman 3 sequence at the beginning. And that's what... Oh, you didn't, you didn't like that stuff? Oh, I did not. <laughs> okay, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I... I throw up my hands. I have no more to say on this subject. You guys finish the episode. <laughs> but Evan, Evan, I, okay. So she's n- never seen by anyone, but she's running around in her outfit. I mean, she might be seen by those people, but there's no proof. She's like Bigfoot. Except for other video proof. Okay, so if, if, if it was just this one day that she decided to go out in her outfit, I could accept that. Maybe once I mean, every decade. But she's is... kicking cars, random cars that are about to hit people in the street. You know, she's she's in places. She's she's patrolling. I mean, it, it's yeah. it's pretty clear that she's in she's one out... city, not yeah. all over the world. <laughs> and Washington yeah. D.C. In, in 1984, probably one of the most videoed cities in the world. I mean, not everywhere, not all cameras everywhere, but still. It's Washington D.C. They have there's tourists, you know, there's people. I mean, and yeah, it just I I throw up my hands. You guys bash the movie all you want to. I'll just be here. Okay. Well, um, we're gonna wrap this up now anyway because okay. Yeah. yeah. No, it just I I, I don't want to I mean, say with, with, about it. With all the stuff that you guys love that you made me watch, and now you're griping about this stuff. I don't know. What. What, what, no, just what, all your seventies and eighties movies that you love, you, you love, and you made me watch. And which ones didn't you? Did you think had plot holes as big as these? There's several uh, episodes throughout our Strangers and Aliens career that you can go back and reference. No, you but need nothing, to. You can't do that. You don't put the onus on us when you bring that up, Evan. The onus is on you to say, "What about this one? What about this one?" Okay, give me, give me uh, next next podcast episode. I'll, have right, I'll give you crawl. I'll give you crawl. <laughs> no, it, but, but you love thing. crawl, huh? You love crawl. That's what I'm saying. I'm giving it to you. Like I'm giving you that answer to my question. There it is. Crawl. You hated it. And yeah. I actually don't love it anymore because we watched it together. And, <laughs> and I realized, serious? Oh, this is hard to watch, man. <laughs> this is hard to watch. It's just, those movies were made in a different time. And this is a movie yeah. about that different time. But it just brought up so many questions because of the verse limitude. And, you know, this is the Snyder verse, but it's not. It's not. And, and Patty Jenkins herself said that she did not have any ties to the continuity of the other stuff. 
that Wonder Woman in the other movies that she's in, other than Patty Jenkins' movie, is not the same Wonder Woman. She doesn't like that character. She doesn't like what Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon brought to the character. And as far as Patty Jenkins is concerned, she doesn't care. She's not going to try to connect to that, that continuity. That's, so okay. that's something I read after I watched the movie. And yeah, okay, I can see that for sure. But you can still make a a good action superhero movie with good cinematic storytelling and everything like that. I mean, we've we've seen it plenty in the in the teens. And here she's, you know, I don't know, trying to do an 80s movie with all its flaws. You know, it's like I don't want to see an 80 movie. I, I I saw 80s movies with all their flaws back in the 80s. Yeah. You know, the other, let's, the other thing let's with make that, one with, with the good stuff. Steven, I, I've also done that where I've tried to create something that was doing exactly that. And I failed every time I've done that. People <laughs> people did not respond to it well when I've done it. So um, final words, gentlemen. I've said my final word. I'll give... Uh, Final words on Wonder Woman or Soul or both? Um, uh, one of these okay. movies is really enjoyable and one of them is not. Believe <laughs> <laughs> it. Apparently, since I rated both of them really low, I mean it, it's not like they were completely unwatchable, but in the greater scheme of things, if if I knew that these movies were going to be rated by me this low, I probably would have chosen other things to watch. <laughs> but you know, uh, and as part of this this podcast and you know this group of people and this whatever, I, I feel it's these are the type of movies that I sort of need to have in my bank of movies that I've seen to be able to make good comparisons, you know, for other things. And I mean, as much as Evan likes Wonder Woman, I need to have that information in my bank too, because whenever I talk to people about these things, usually I get something deeper that I never thought of before. And even if it's something I disagree with, I can I can use that to go off of. And a lot of times I'm trying to explain the movies to my kids or my wife or, you know, I've seen them before they did or whatever. And I don't want to ruin it for them. So if they say, well, what did you think about it? Sometimes I can actually go on what Evan said or what Ben said or someone else mentioned about the movie that I don't 100% agree with. But I might say, you know, it's really, you know, it's a fun send up of 80s action movies. So, you know... If, if you like that, you might like this. And inside, I might be saying, we could watch something else, too. <laughs> but, you know, it's yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I, I know I said I already have my final word, but here's here's my actual final word. Tighten up that script. Mm. Get rid of those plot holes. Keep the spirit. And I think it would have been a much better thing. You know, beginning, don't put Wonder Woman in the costume. Let her be going around ninja-like, maybe with a mask or something like that. And just where she's like Linda Carter at the end. You know, she's incognito. She's wearing clothes that look like people who are around the area. Um, 
do that kind of thing at the beginning there with that opening scene. Do that kind of, you know, fix those plot holes. Just let Steve Trevor come out of nowhere, just like the nukes did. And the wall, let him just be created out of nowhere or just let it be him. Let it be him before he died and he got plucked out of time or something like that. And then you don't have to worry about the whole thing of the, you know, consent versus none or whatever. And yeah. I mean, there's there's fixes, but not my movie. I'm, I said it before, I'll say it again. I'm not getting paid anything like this to tell stories. So yeah. <laughs> I'm doing something wrong or something right. But um, yeah. And you said something in the 80s. You put in an 80s soundtrack. They had a couple 80s songs in there. Yeah. They just weren't the songs you wanted. Yeah. A couple. And then they get to a point where the guys are breakdancing and they're like, oh, it's hip hop music. This is breakdancing. And they're playing like Beethoven over the. uh, You can't hear nothing. You can hear a couple of beats. (laughs) I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. Something in there. Run DMC, anything. (laughs) Houdini. I mean, just put something in there. All right, I don't know what we're talking about next episode, but I really hope we like it better <laughs> all together. But again, it's good to have Evan here because it's not just two grumpy old men griping hey. about the sky. I'm getting there. I, I started to become a grumpy old man about some stuff. So Where's Kathy Lee Crosby? I didn't see her in this movie at all. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Not my Wonder Woman. <laughs> of course, I don't have one, so that's why it's not mine. Because I don't have one. I do, and she's probably mad at me because I'm in the room that she probably wants to go to bed in. So, <laughs> well, let's shut this down then. Thanks, guys. We'll talk with you later. Thank everyone for listening and for spending time with us and for putting up with us as we complain about stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't know what we're talking about next, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping it'll be something we like more than this. I just know it won't be a road trip. Not anytime soon. So. Unless it's a road trip to your house. Which it could be. I'm moving soon. Moving next month, actually. So. Very cool. So you got yeah. that whole thing settled? Yeah. yeah. Well, barring weird stuff would have to happen now. Like big okay. stuff would have to happen for us to not be able to do this. But we are, buying, we are buying that church. And we'll be. Awesome. Our living room is a sanctuary. And. Our nice. kitchen is oh, a fellowship a hall. <laughs> yeah. It's a church. It's an old church. Wow. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, all the work has been done. It is livable. We don't have to do anything to move in. Um, Very cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, just to see like what it's like to live in such a different place. But um, but it's I, I we live thirty minutes, thirty five minutes away from our church, which is where we both, my wife and I, both work. It's also where my son goes church. to college there, and my daughter is going to go to college there. It's a we have an extension uh, satellite campus uh, that's at at the building there, and yeah, so thirty five minutes to drive there, thirty five minutes to drive back. We're gonna be moving to like a six or seven minute commute. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'll be getting a day, an hour uh, out of every day that I didn't have before. So be church to church in seven minutes. So. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you later and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Lethel. 
We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I throw up my hands. I have no more to say on this subject. You guys finish the episode. <laughs>